0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com and you'll find all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you're done and they ask, how did you hear about us, write Locked On in that section so they know that we sent you. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris. Castellani. It is Thursday, October 8th, 2020. We got four more games to recap today. I got a little bit more juice uh, today. Yesterday, I was dead tired. Now, probably by the time I'm done recording and editing this podcast, I will completely pass out in my bed. It is still pretty late here, and I got to get up early tomorrow morning. But yesterday, I was completely exhausted. Not as exhausted today, so hopefully, it will make for a better podcast. And there's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. Four games. To discuss, I'll start with the very first game, another victory by the Atlanta Braves against the Miami Marlins, a 2-0 victory. That is the third shutout that the Braves pitching staff has thrown in their first four postseason games here in 2020. That is the first time since the 50s that a team has been able to do that. This is really a remarkable story, and this Braves offense is so legit. Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, Darnold, who went deep yesterday, Swanson, who went deep yesterday, Albies, Duvall, like, it's an amazingly deep lineup filled with a lot of power hitters and a lot of guys who can hit for average as well. But I think collectively, the one thing that a lot of people were doubting about this team, including myself, especially by midseason even, as late as midseason, was this pitching staff. And rightfully so, this is a team that had some devastating things happen to their starting staff. Mike Soroka, who was so good for them last year, finished second in the National League Cy Young voting, would have won it in most years. I mean, it took Pete Alonso having a transcendent rookie campaign for him not to win it, but he was so good. He was their best pitcher last year and pitched a brilliant game in St. Louis in a hostile environment in the NLDS against the Cardinals. He was going to be their, you know, their game one guy, started opening day for them this year popped his Achilles, so that's one guy out. You have Mike Fultonavich, who'd been up and down his whole career, was an All-Star in 2018, uh, took a massive step back in 2019, but seemed to have found something a little bit near the end of last year, had one horrific start, obviously, in the deciding game of the NLDS, but was also brilliant in Game 2, outpitched Jack Flaherty in Game 2 of that series, so I I think they believed they were going to be able to rely on him. He ends up getting DFA'd after one start. Velocity was way down, command was way off. Cole Hamels, who they signed, who's not, you know, this is not 2008 Phillies, you know, World Series MVP, Cole Hamels, but still capable of pitching some good baseball. He did with the Cubs over the last two seasons. He gets injured after they sign him in free agency in the offseason. Felix Hernandez, who I think was shot personally, but again, I think they believed he was going to compete for a rotation spot. He opts out of the 2020 season because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's four guys right there who were probably going to fill three two rotation spots gone whether it be because of injuries or because of poor performance or the pandemic and yet this is the team somehow who has had the most dominant pitching so far in the 2020 postseason now one big reason for that bullpen's really good the bullpen's really solid. the bullpen kind of imploded for them at points in october last year guys seem to have found it mark melanson's been very good will smith that was a great signing for them darren o'day but their starting pitching has been phenomenal. Max Fried was great in game one in the wildcard round. Wasn't so great in game one against the Marlins. But yesterday, this Ian Anderson kid, I mean, the breakout star of the postseason so far in terms of pitching in terms of pitching at least. I mean, six scoreless innings in his first start against the Reds in the wildcard round, five and two thirds scoreless yesterday. Just phenomenal. I mean, but this guy has had what thirty something innings of starting pitching at the major league level he's a rookie was pitching yesterday like a guy who's been in the league six seven eight years incredible demeanor incredible poise you know I do think with a lot of these young guys that think they do benefit from the fact that they don't have to deal with the capacity crowds the lights may not seem as bright but even so you know this is this is a team that's that's trying to prove some people wrong you know they fell apart a bit in the postseason last year and they're relying on him to be a key piece of that he was so good yesterday five and two- thirds scoreless eight strikeouts, tremendous changeup, just great stuff. And to bring it back around to the Tigers, because I haven't talked a whole lot about the Tigers over the last several days, but it just frustrates you seeing these guys who were less touted? I mean, Ian Anderson, a lot of people believed was going to be a very good pitcher, and you know, so far, no reason to believe he won't be. But you know, he was not as lauded as a Casey Mize, or I don't, maybe not even as lauded as a Scooball. I'd have to look. And yet, you see this guy, a rookie. If there's ever a situation in which you would say, "Hey, you know what? The guy's a rookie," it would be in a postseason scenario. Freaking fantastic yesterday. Just unbelievable to watch. Now, I do think it is fair to say that of all the teams that are going to end up playing in the championship series here in 2020, the team that will probably end up having the easiest path to the CS will be the Atlanta Braves. But at the same time, given all the injuries to the pitching staff, it makes their run all all that much more impressive. And to me, this this thing is done. I think all these series right now are are kind of up in the air, at least as of the time of this recording. But this one, I don't know if they're allowing champagne in the bubble, but you can put the champagne on ice. The Atlanta Braves are going to be going to the NLCS here probably as early as today. In the second game, we saw the Oakland A's show a bit of a backbone. They came back and beat the Houston Astros. They were down. I mean, they were down 7-4 to four late in that ballgame. They get 3 in the top of the seventh, two in the top of the eighth to put the game away. Chad Pender with a huge day. He was filling in at third base for the injured Matt Chapman. He went three for four with a home run and four RBIs. But the Astros had been really good in terms of pitching so far in the 2020 postseason, but they also hadn't used a ton of guys. And the deeper that they go into that pen, the more likely it is that it's going to be exposed it's been where they've really struggled the most this year has been their pitching staff has gotten lit up and when you're only using you know two or three guys game those weaknesses probably won't shine through but they did yesterday they really fell apart now I give the A's a lot of credit and I was about to come on here and really rip into the A's because I'm I'm tired of the a lot of a lot of excuses for the Oakland A's the kind of idea that hey you know what oh they come up short but they're just this little team you know with the small budget You know I'm not buying that anymore because teams with budgets that are just as as tiny or close to just as small have made much deeper runs in the postseason than the Oakland A's have over the last 10, 15 years. I'm not really buying that anymore. But they did something yesterday I didn't think that they were going to be capable of doing against the Astros' offense, and that's that they won a slugfest. I thought without Matt Chapman it would be very difficult for the A's to win an eight to six or a nine to seven or a ten to eight game, and yet they won nine to seven yesterday. Also got to mention. A Herculean effort out of the pen by Liam Hendricks. He got the win in three innings of scoreless baseball, through 37 pitches, only allowed one hit and four strikeouts. He's uh, transformed himself. He's become one of the best relievers in all of baseball, saved their season yesterday. Even if they don't end up winning this series, that's going to be a performance that people are going to remember for a long time, a a, a season-saving performance by Liam Hendricks. So that series is now 2-1 Astros. When I get back, I am going to talk about the final two games that went down yesterday, Rays versus the Yankees, the Padres versus the Dodgers. I will be right back. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it. Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service, all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all All the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores, and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store, and you don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses, and track your delivery in real time. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code LOCKEDON. And we're back. Thank you very much for tuning in. In the third game yesterday, the Tampa Bay Rays doubled up. The New York Yankees winning 8-4, pushing the New York Yankees to the brink of elimination. They take a 2-1 lead in that series. Charlie Morton pitched for the Rays, had not pitched in a while, and had been pretty inconsistent this season. I mean, he was so good for them a season ago, finished third for the Cy Young Award. I mean, one of the best signings of it by any team uh, in free agency at following the 2018 season, but hadn't quite been himself, had not pitched in a while, and I, I mean this in the best way possible. It showed because he was really letting it hang out. I mean, night, fastball was peaking at like 96, 97. His stuff is great, and ever since Brett Strom got a hold of him, he has totally revived his career. Five innings, two runs yesterday, only one earned run, got another win in the postseason for the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, that is the third win he's gotten for them in the postseason in two years in which he's pitched there. What a great signing that was. You know, as big of a lead as that was, you never really felt comfortable with it because that Yankees offense is just so lethal. But the Rays held on, and they got production by the bottom of the lineup. Kevin Kiermaier with a big three-run home run. It's like, look, Meshiro Tanaka has been very good in the postseason for them in the past. I don't know if he's been as great as some people make him out to be. I think like he's a really good number two, number three option in a playoff rotation. But when he gets popped, the Yankees are just demoralized. They really rely on him to go six, seven innings of scoreless baseball. And he went four yesterday and gave up five earned runs, a lot of hard hit balls, and a huge three-run home run by Kevin Kiermaier. I do got to talk about one more guy, and that's this, this Randy Arena. I really try to keep up on all teams' rosters, especially playoff contenders. I want to know who's hot, who's not, why a team is successful. I'd never heard of this guy until the postseason. Now, I remember the name once I looked it up. He was, I believe, part of the uh, Jose Martinez deal. He's been money. And it just, he is one of those ultimate Tampa Bay Rays players because the Rays do a lot of things, right? They spend their money wisely. They draft well. They do a great job with their young talent, but they're also the Kings of just finding guys. Like a week ago, if I ran into Randy Arena at a gas station, I wouldn't have known who he was. Now he's in the middle of their lineup and he's torching the New York Yankees. The Yankees seem shook. Like I I think that's one of the issues with this Yankees team and people will doubt me on this and I have a lot of respect for them. They do a lot of things right. I think they have a tendency to get rattled kind of easily. I think we saw that last year in the ALCS. Very very similar situation where Tanaka gets rocked. They fall behind in a series, and yeah, they they almost mounted a little comeback there. Roberto Ozuna fell apart. LeMahieu hit that home run off of him in Game 6, nearly completed that comeback. But I don't know. I, I think that this is a team that's a little bit shook. I don't think the managerial decision in Game 2 did them any favors. Garrett Cole can't pitch every day. We're going to see what they're made of as they try to fight off elimination here today against the Rays. Really looking forward to that. It's been a very intriguing series so far. In the last and far and away most entertaining and intense game of the day, the Dodgers narrowly escaped with a 6-5 victory over the San Diego Padres. So much happened in this one. I will start with Clayton Kershaw, who you know was somewhere in between October implosion Kershaw and the Kershaw who dominated the Brewers in Game 2 of the National League wildcard round, like he was okay, six innings, three earned, gave up back-to-back home runs in the sixth inning, an electric one to Manny Machado with a, a dope-ass uh, bat toss as well, he was really fired up, Like I don't know what it is, I, I, one day someone's gonna do some sort of scientific research and figure out why Clayton Kershaw gives up so many home runs and so much hard contact in October, you know, I'm sure it's a mental thing, but very frustrating as a guy who's a, a huge fan of him, I, I love Clayton Kershaw, he's one of the greatest pitchers who's ever lived, but This thing went from pretty intense to remarkably exciting in the seventh inning. With a runner on second, Fernando Tatis hit a blast to center field. Cody Bellinger robbed him of a home run. I mean, that thing was over the fence. Would have been a game-changing, probably series-changing home run Bellinger took it back. Star Gratterall, who was on the mound, he freaks out, throws his hat, throws his glove, starts blowing kisses to Bellinger, blowing kisses to Manny Machado. Manny Machado screaming, F you! F you! F you! Max Muncy saying, get your beep, bleep, bleep back in the dugout. It, tons of intensity. These are teams that have gotten to know each other very well. They play in the same division and probably don't like each other very much. The Dodgers responded with two runs in the bottom of the frame, seeming like they had put the game away. But the Dodgers have one huge weak link, and it's a guy who's been there forever. And it won't it won't lead to any change because Dave Roberts has shown, especially in the postseason, to be remarkably stubborn as a manager. Kenley Jansen is not what he used to be. He hasn't been what he used to be for several years now. He has taken substantial steps backwards. In each of the last three seasons, he is their weakest link. And that's a good bullpen. You have Trinan in that bullpen. Joe Kelly's a mystery. You know, I wouldn't trust him as a closer, though all did get the save technically. Last night, you have Brewstar Gratterall, who's unbelievable. I mean, just the easiest 101-mile-per-hour fastball you're going to see. At some point, it might not be this postseason, though it probably should be, you're going to have to make some sort of move. He's so hittable at this point. And this is a guy, he's one of the best closers of all time. I mean, dominant at his peak. You know, just incredible. His 2017 season was one of the best ever uh, in the modern age by a reliever. But he gave up two runs last night. Joe Kelly had to come in and really battle. Ultimately, Eric Hosmer grounded out to second for the final out of the ballgame. An incredibly intense game. God, was that fun. I mean, some great at-bats near the end. Tatis and Machado both drew walks and some phen- in two phenomenal at bats. That Padres team battles and they're they're a tough out. And I, I do think the Dodgers are going to win this series. I think they'll probably sweep this series. I think the, the Padres may be a bit deflated after that comeback falling short last night. But it's so weird because this Padres team is impressive even in losses. And I, I can't overlook the Dodgers. You know, two, uh, another intense game, a workman-like performance. That's how I've described them so far in this postseason. That's a great team. They're a team that seems like they're on a mission. They want to win the World Series this year and leave, no doubt. But I, I can't overlook the fact that this Padres team continues to impress me that is a tough scrappy bunch and they're going to be for a long time here at some point because the Dodgers have owned that division for eight years now at some point this Padres team with the core that they have and they still have like one of the best farm systems in baseball too like there's going to be guys who are going to be there really soon reinforcements that are going to be really good major league players at some point they will win the NL West. I don't know when it's going to be, but at some point they will dethrone the Dodgers in that division. But right now, Dodgers are still kings. They have a 2-0 lead in that series. I think they're going to they're going to find a way to probably win this thing pretty soon. If not today, they're going to win it uh, probably tomorrow. I mean, I think this series is pretty close to over as as close as the games especially last night's game was. Very fun ball game. And I'm starting to feel it, man. I'm starting to feel that playoff baseball intensity finally this season, which has just felt so much like going through the motions. Starting to feel it. Couldn't be more excited. So that will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at castellani 2 You can follow the show on Twitter at on Tigers While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a five-star, five-star review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Always love hearing that you guys uh, enjoy the product that I put out there. Thank you very much for listening. I will be right back here tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel, recapping four more playoff games. Maybe we'll have a few wrapped up. Who knows? All right, I will see you tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.